This meeting is being recorded. Hello, hello. Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset Podcast with your host, Nikki C., all the way from Philadelphia, PA. I have the wonderful, the beautiful, the amazing Daniela Roman. She is an international best-selling author and speaker. Her best-selling book, Behind Closed Doors, I Survived Domestic Violence, and You Can Too, went bestseller on Amazon and number one best new release in several categories. In addition, Daniela is the CFO of the co-author network, LLC, and AMA, where the mission is to share your story with the world. In her formative years, Daniela grew up in an international Italian family where big mouths, big meals, and a big heart for family traditions were so valued. Daniela has had a passion for cooking from the young age of eight years old, watching her mom and grandmother prepare homemade Italian specialties was the norm for her. Daniela took the passion of food and with her when she co-owned and operated a restaurant, Mediterranean Cafe, located in the prestigious University of Pennsylvania of Pennsylvania campus for 20 years. She now has a catering service called Daniela's Delicious dishes where she shares the delicious meals with the community. Daniela has had her share of struggles and challenges throughout her life, such as domestic violence, relationships, sexual trauma, depression, and eating disorder and anxiety disorder. With the help of her husband, Emilio, she shared her story a couple of years ago in her first co-authorship. By doing so, she inspired many women by being vulnerable and has encouraged them to do the same. Daniela continues to spread her message, especially to young girls who may be in an abusive relationship and help them to see they don't have to settle and they can get out before it's too late. It is in her free time. She enjoys cooking, yoga, workout, walks on the beach and spending time with the family, especially her two adorable grandsons, Tomas and Sebastian. She is a passionate she is passionate about continuing her journey of self-love and self-development and helping women share their story and find their inner strength and keys. Welcome so much, Daniela. Oh, thank you so much, Nikki, and uh, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. It's an honor to have you. We met back um, in May of 2022. Mm -hmm. We spoke a little bit before that. Um, you know, I met your husband uh, back in May through our travel club and, you know, we just hit it off and I knew I had to be part of your community. And thank mm -hmm. you just for welcoming me with your open arms. And it has been amazing ever since. So yeah, let's yeah. go back to your story and about you and what you're doing these days. So what who is Daniela and what is up with her today? <laughs> All right. Thank you for that, Nikki. Um, yeah. So uh, my husband and I have something called Co-Author Network. As you know, you're a part of, you're a big part of, and we help people share their stories with the world and how that all, you know, started was from our own experiences. Uh, we had done books. I did a co-authorship out of Canada. He did his veterans book some years back and we paid a, a lot of money, but we saw, you know, we weren't really um, getting what we thought we would. It was just more or less like, okay, we, you know, put your story in here and, and there you go. And, you know, Amelia was like, okay, there, there's that, there has to be more, right? So we're going to learn this. And 
this business and, and do the complete opposite. So that's how Co-Author Network kind of started. And we over-deliver. We believe in, you know, honoring our people and having them on our show, Tuesday and Thursday mornings we have where we highlight you, your business, your story, and, you know, with our live events, awards. So, you know, there's a lot that's involved, as you know, because you're launching your book with us as well in January. So you know that you get your own banner, your awards. We honor you. We'll have you on our show, like I said. And just just a family, you know, you stay connected. It's not just you do your book and we're done, right? And we have AMA, the Author Millionaire Academy, you know, which is one mission, one movement, one million dollars, which is how to leverage your story. We teach you how to leverage your story in order to make, you know, not just an impact and influence, but an income. So that last year is, you know, after sharing my story, uh, in a, another co-authorship, I created Behind Closed Doors, where women can share their stories of surviving domestic violence in order to inspire others, you know, that, you know, you can get out. Like like the bio says, you know, you don't have to stay stuck. And especially with young girls, I'm trying to, you know, get that message out there because they get into these relationships so much younger these days. And they just feel like there's no way out and then they have kids and that's even harder and the financial part like finances and the children are the main reason why you know women even older women don't get out you know so that's pretty much what this book is about is sharing you know these women's stories and showing how they survived and where they are now and that they're you know successful entrepreneurs or whatever it is that they're doing that you know you can move on from domestic violence Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. And yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm on the co-author network. It is a family ship. Like I said, I was welcomed with open arms back in May and just connecting with you guys and, you know, networking with your network. I have grown immensely. So I can definitely vouch for what this community does for you. They definitely go above and beyond with just sharing your name, sharing your story and just really highlighting you in every aspect. And I'm super excited about launching my book with you guys. You you guys also actually uh, wrote my forward. Uh, can't mm-hmm. wait for everyone to really see the dynamic of uh, the relationship and what you guys put out there. So I want to definitely thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for You're continuing welcome. to be that voice for not only helping people just catapult their lives and sharing their stories, but also being on that mission to help, you know, women and young ladies and things like that. It, it kind of aligns with my ladies in leadership, which I just launched and I'm super excited about. And it's just really building them up. So let's talk a little bit about, um, we don't have to go into full detail, whatever you feel comfortable with talking about mm-hmm. your history with domestic violence and how you were able to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thank you. So um, it started way back, you know, I'm uh, 51 years old now. So this goes back to it started when I was 17. I had gotten into a relationship and I left home at 18. And, but I had already met this person. And then when I left home, it kind of got, you know, more serious. But he was about 11 years older than I. And I came from, you know, I always say a very strict uh, family, you know, my dad being very strict and not allowing me to do really anything. It was more like home, school, back home, you know, and that's it. So I hadn't dated. I hadn't, you know, really been out there. So being very naive and trusting, you know, uh, was pretty much my downfall, I guess, because 
you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know this person's background, you know, come to find out he had, you know, kind of a history with uh, things that were, you know, less than <laughs> what I would have dealt with, let's say, you know, but so, you know, I did, but you don't know what you don't know. You, you just kind of jump into it and they tell you what you want to hear and you think you're in love. You're so, you know, when you're young. So anyway, it, it kind of um, went from there. You know, the beginning was, you know, of course, like most relationships really good. And then the different side shows up, right? Because they have issues, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but, you know, depression and didn't know anything about bipolar, didn't know, didn't know a lot of things, but apparently this is what this person was dealing with and very manipulative, you know, started with being controlling and, you know, who you hang with, they, they like to isolate, you know, abusers like to isolate you from your family and friends because they don't want you to have any influence, you know, telling you that you shouldn't be with them, right? So I started like not really going to see my parents, um, having to hide, you know, things that were going on, you know, bruises and, and he would have me followed. It was just a very controlling, you know, uh, relationship. So, I mean, fast forward, it took me about almost three years and I just finally just, you know, I tried separating, you know, a couple of times, but that was a little difficult because I kind of lived really close by to where he lived. And, you know, long story short, I moved on, you know, I, I got out of it and, you know, we tried to find out where I was and, you know, things of that nature, but I just kind of just disappeared pretty much, you know, and uh, moved on. And, you know, which led me into another uh, abusive relationship. It's like, okay, from one, you know, from bad to worse. So, you know, going through all that, though, taught me, you know, a lot about myself, about my strength. Like, I never went back and, you know, to my parents. My dad is that type, you know, whatever problems he faced in his life, he just dealt with it, never asked for help, doesn't, you know, didn't go to family, friends, nothing, just you just deal with it. So that's kind of the mindset I grew up with. And I just dealt with it. You know, I never let them know what had been going on, you know, all these years and what I was dealing with out there. So, and to me, that was normal, right? It's like, hey, you know, you uh, do this, you know, get involved with certain things or whatever, then you handle it, right? Pretty much like you make your bed, you lie in it, right? That's the old saying. So I just learned to deal with things on my own, no matter how bad it was or, you know. So, um, but it wasn't until, and then again, uh, when I was 19 years old, I was sexually assaulted in my sleep, which really woke me up to, you know, something because the way I grew up, like I said, I had no idea things like this even existed. You know, I really didn't at 19 years old. And that really, I guess, hurt me and, and scarred me more than, than, than the abusive relationship. So that's something I kept inside of me for 30 years. 30 years, I did not share that with anybody that that happened. So until I connected with Emilio a few years ago, he shared, you know, things with me about his traumas and childhood traumas. It just kind of like a light bulb went on, right? You know, 30, all the years prior, I had gone through depression and anxiety and bulimia and, you know, a lot of different things and didn't know why. But unhealed trauma, you know, causes so many things that you don't realize, you know. So all those years that I was going through all these things, I really, in my mind, was like, why am I dealing with this, right? But you bury things so deep that you just don't, you don't realize. Right. So he kind of brought all that up and I opened up and shared, you know, just everything for the first time in 30 plus years, right? So then that led me to doing a co-authorship and actually getting my story out there publicly 
which I thought I would never do, right? Because like coming from, you know, the background I do, it's like what stays, you know, what happens at home stays at home, right? Even though it didn't happen at home, but you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, you don't share stuff like that because there was a lot involved, you know, that I put out there. And my mom was like the main one. I was like, well, my parents really in general, but especially my mom, I was like, oh my God, what is she going to think, you know? And, and, you know, I really was scared for her to read this, but then she did. And I just got the opposite reaction. She was just really like, you know, why didn't you tell us we could have helped you? You know, that was her reaction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so do you feel so, that, you know, do you feel that as soon as you spoke, the healing process began at that point? Like oh, it began. Mm -hmm. oh. Just yeah. Yeah. And it was like a weight. Yeah. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulders, you know? And, um, and then I guess getting the response from my mom, that kind of was another relief because I didn't, you know, I thought like they were going to be really upset with me or, and, you know, once I, then I was just, you know, you just start and forgiveness, forgiveness is key. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to do that and not to, you know, directly to the person or people, just within yourself because forgiveness is about us not the other person you know which i'm sure you've heard so i had to do that like really let it go we think we let things go or we heal from things but we really don't until you you know speak it and get it out there i knew that yeah i had been holding on to this for 30 plus years you know so yeah it was a big relief to let that go and it was long definitely long overdue and mm -hmm. find that person that was able to get you to kind of say it out loud and really realize, you know, that that mm -hmm. has been uh, the biggest reason that, you know, you had fallen into depression and fallen into stuff. Yeah. How important is it for you to share, to continue sharing your story? Mm -hmm. And What advice would you give women today or young ladies today that think that they're super in love and that they are, um, that they're just going through this you know, possessiveness that, you know, this narcissistic, you know, relationship, because that's really what it is, men, mm -hmm. you know, controlling women, and it can be vice versa, yeah. or it can be intersexual, whatever. Um, everyone can go through it in some way, shape or form. But mm -hmm. how important is it? And what advice would you give those that are in those type of relationships today? Yeah, well, the main thing I'd like to share, too, because back then I knew that I had low self-esteem, no confidence, you know, and, and it's tough, you know, and I think it's even harder today for young girls. There's so much more pressure than there even was, you know, I thought I had a lot, you know, back then, like peer pressure and, you know, kids are mean, you know, kids can be mean. And uh, if you're not wearing, you know, the brand names or you're not up to, you know, whatever is popular and, you know, all that stuff. You know, I wasn't, I was never into all that. Plus my parents, you know, they were not where they, you know, could afford like for me and my brother to have all these, you know, and I didn't worry about that, you know what I mean? But those kind of things affect you. And today, I mean, there's cyber bullying. There's, there's more than just a bullying face to face, you know, so it's difficult, but you have to, it starts at home, you know, and unfortunately a lot of families, they have, you know, one parent homes or, you know, whatever the situation is, it's not that family unit like it used to be you know so and in schools you can't really depend on you know you send your kids to school to get an education yeah but they're not raising your kids you know it has to start at home so having that uh you know structure at home and, and building your kids up you know you have to 
you know, build your kids' confidence up. And, you know, I had low self-esteem. I felt like I was always compared to my brother. My brother was, you know, uh, aced everything he did, always excelled at everything, right? right? And I, you know, was not so much the academic. I was more, you know, personality-wise, funny, you know what I mean, <laughs> whatever. And, you know, I went to school and, you know, I did what I had to do, but I just, it just, I don't know, it was just different for me, right? So he was always, like, excelling and everything. So, of course, you know, uh, it was more my mom, I guess I would say, you know, just kind of I felt that favoritism. So that kind of breaks you down a little bit, too, you know. So you have to have, you know, your worth. That's the most important thing for these young girls. Know your worth. Know that, you know, you you have to value yourself, carry yourself a certain way where you don't attract, first of all, these kind. I was like a target. Uh, you know, thinking back, I was such a target because, you know, just people can see the low self-esteem and no confidence all over you especially if you're someone that's manipulative and looking for that so you can control, they will spot you in a heartbeat, you know? So it's the way you carry yourself. You have to be, you know, confident and believe it. And not just act, you yeah. know, you have to believe it, Yeah. you know? And yeah. I didn't, I know I didn't back then, you know, today is a whole different, you know, person. And, but, and it's tough when you're speaking to, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old, they're just not there yet, you know? Yeah. But they can be, you know, with the help of like at home or, you know, uh, people influential around them just kind of saying, yeah, you know what, you are worth it. You don't deserve that kind of behavior. And, you know, you deserve nothing but the best. So they need to get that in their mindset like early, early on. That's oh, my God. That's uh, you said so many key points about, you know, especially for it to start at home, like parents, mm -hmm. whether mom or dad or they're both there that they need to start talking to their kids early. We shouldn't, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm pretty sure back in that time, because um, my mom's just about 10 years older than you. And she was mm -hmm. really, um, she had a mom that was really strict on her where, mm -hmm. you know, she couldn't go if she was on the porch and, you know, on the steps and some guys walked by, they had to like mm -hmm. come inside. It was go to school, come home, cook, you know, if you had to work. And my mom went through a couple things where, you know, they where she worked at men followed her. Um, and she, you know, you know, mm. just having a conversation with her, she was always a target as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, she did quick things to kind of just take her out of that situation. So when she had me and, you know, we talked, you know, my mom's my best friend. She's helped tells me everything she never mm -hmm. sugarcoated anything you know this is what's good this is what's bad this is what you have to you know watch out for so those topics because again if you don't know you don't know and right. if those conversations didn't happen you know then you're more privy to not know you know so unfortunately yeah. that's unfortunate so um first advice we're giving is to parents when you have young you know, women, and it can be boys too, because I know we talked about that last time, you know, your kids, mm -hmm. can be, your boys can be also go through these, um, you know, sexual abuses and, you know, stuff like that, you know, it doesn't have a gender at all. Um, so yeah. definitely talk to your children and make sure that they're aware of the potential stuff that can happen. And it's so sad that we even have to have those conversation and that, right. you know, evil and that ugliness is out there. Um, but because it is, and because, you know, we know women that have been through it or uh, men that have been through it. Now we have to keep that in conversation. Um, yeah. So thank you for that advice. And, you know, you also said something about self-esteem. 
mm-hmm. you know, there is, that's something that's very important. You do have to have confidence. How do you get that? You have to build that up. You have to, you know, if you feel that you're, there's something lacking in that space, mm-hmm. parents also have to get their children involved in something that's going to build that for them. Sometimes we just don't have it immediately. It's not, sometimes we see people that have all the confidence in the world, but then they can still be a target in some way, shape or form. It's probably the percentage is probably low. Um, But thank you for just, you know, having that awareness on all those different areas and, you know, sharing with our listeners today. Um, so you got out, you, you said your story, you shared your story and you're continuing to do, uh, many things. You have another book that's coming up mm-hmm. next, month, yeah. uh, next year. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So it's the second edition of behind closed doors. So again, it's a, you know, a compilation of co-authors, women that survived domestic violence, sharing their story once again, in order to inspire other women, you know, to see like, look. If I did it, you can, right? You can get out as well. There's really, I don't want to say there's no excuse, but you know what? This this book also has a resource page in it, which allows women to have, you know, information of where to go, who to contact if they're in, you know, these situations and feel like there's no way out. If you don't have family and friends you can go to, you know, there's safe havens, there's domestic violence organizations, so many more than 30 years ago when, you know, when I was dealing with this. So they were there. But, you know, we're talking 30 years, you know, forward that there's so many more ways to, you know, for women to get help. So and even young girls. And here's the thing, you know, young girls have to be able to know that they can go to their their mother or their father. You know, I mean, depending, I guess, on their situation at home. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know, I mean, that's that's a scary thing, telling your parent that you're dealing with this. But, you know, looking back now, I see my mom's reaction, you know, like I could have went to them. I didn't yeah. feel like I could, but you, you have to tell somebody. That's amazing. Yeah. You have to tell somebody. Sometimes they just don't realize the importance. And I tell my son that all the time. Mm-hmm. I would rather you come to me and tell me whether you think it's your fault or not your fault, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. And when that does happen, like at first he won't say anything and then he'll come and say anything. Yeah, I'm upset um, at whatever the situation was, but I always tell him this is always going to be a teaching moment. This is how can I help you? Um, if it's a situation, how can I help you get out? If it's something that you thought of, how can I help you think differently? So mm-hmm. he's always surprised that like, okay, mom, I did not expect this reaction. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have to listen to your parents. Like, it's so important yeah. to understand, like, they're the only ones that, and again, it does depend on the situation. Right. Um, and it, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. I know that it's something that's hard for, you know, one more than others, but how important it is, is it to possibly have an exit plan, especially when it can be life or death if you try to leave out of that situation. And what does an exit plan look like? Um, You know, especially like for someone that maybe is staying in for it because they, they are not financially independent or their life is on the line. How does that look for someone that, you know, Uh, wants to get out yeah yeah that's a good question um because i tell you the truth you know back then i didn't think about uh, i was just like okay pick up and go you know and that's not i mean it you know eventually worked out for me but the you know you really do need to plan an exit strategy especially depending on how serious 
you know, and all abuse is serious, but I'd say some more than others if it's like an everyday beating and you know what I mean, in front of your kids and your your life is being threatened. Yeah, you definitely need to prepare, you know, and contact the right people. Um, have a, a definite plan in place. Like, yeah, this is the day I'm just I'm just leaving. He's going to go to work, let's say, or, or whatever it is. And you know, I'm get I'm going to end up here. Uh, cover all your bases. If you don't want them to, you know, find out, you got to let people that are close that you think he's going to reach out to be like, where is she? You know, you have to, you have to have every, your, you know, your eyes dotted and your T's crossed because, you know, some of these abusers, they, they are relentless. Like they will, you know, I, here's a, um, uh, such a sad story and it actually happened in, in our family. Uh, my son's, um, uncle well who's his great uncle his uh father's uncle some years back she and i remember this woman she was such a beautiful woman her name was esau and she was from iceland and her husband which was uh you know my son's father's uncle he was a state trooper up in upstate new york he was a marine ex-marine but uh he used to you know abuse her their whole marriage and i remember even witnessing it when i was visiting up there one time and i'm like wow you know, and this is something, you know, I had already gone through at that point. So I'm seeing this and I'm just, you know, like, how is she doing with this? And they had a little girl and all that. So long story short, you know, like I didn't visit them too often. It was just, you know, I'd see them once in a while. But then anyway, after I left that relationship, I moved on or whatever. You know, my son, I think he was about, oh gosh, I want to say 12, 13, 14, something like that. And we're in the mall one day and his uh, father called him to say that his uncle had shot and killed her. And she had already left him, got a restraining order. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but restraining orders are, are useless. <laughs> They're just useless. And, um, but he had, and they had arrested him. They had taken all his weapons from his home, so they thought. And he was in jail. And she had, you know, like I said, they had already been separated. Like he wasn't living in a home, nothing like that. Anyway, long story short, he got out, apparently went to his shed and got a gun that apparently they didn't find and went straight to her house. Like he wasn't even out of jail an hour or two. Went and right in front of their daughter, blew her away. And then goes up the street and sits in his truck and blew his head off. So I was like, wow. And see, this is even like she... I guess she thought she was safe, you know, because people were like, you know, from the comments and stories I read after, like she had close friends of hers that comment like, oh, my God, you know, she she got out. And, you know, I knew like they all knew what the situation was. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, when they want to get there, they're going to get there, you know. And and unfortunately, she was in a home where obviously he knew where she lived. She wasn't hiding, yeah. you know, per se, but because they had a daughter, you know, so he was allowed to see the daughter or whatever. But. You know, it, it was, oh, my God, it broke my heart. I'm like, wow. You know, and she went through this her whole life and finally got out. And then he got to her anyway. Yeah, you know, so, so what, are the signs? Yeah. what are the signs to see? What are the red flags? Like when you're starting a relationship or when you're starting to get to know someone before you go all in. I mean, and sometimes, you you know, you see these red flags or there's no red flags. And so it's mm-hmm. too late, right? But if you could prevent it, what are some of the red flags that you can share with our listeners to kind of look out for um, before they even make that decision to, you know, to get married or to have a Mm -hmm. child? Um, And it's easier to get out 
very soon than, Mm -hmm. you know, giving time to a person um, and allowing them to manipulate you. So what are some red flags that you would uh, share? Yeah, I'd say the first one of the first is um, if they want to isolate you. That's always kind of like one of the first, like, you know, or, or controlling how you dress, your appearance, because they don't want you obviously attractive to, to someone else, but isolating you like, you know, oh, you know, kind of bad mouthing, finding something wrong with your friends or your family. And, you know, so you don't go with them. And, you know, a lot of I've, I've known a lot of women and I've done it myself, you know, many years ago because you don't you didn't know better. You just listen and you kind of start believing what they're telling you. Like, oh, well, maybe she's not good for me, you know, <laughs> when in actuality it's him that's not good for you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the manipulation. You start seeing that right away. And also, beside the control is the verbal, how they speak to you, you know, how they speak to you. If they're disrespectful, you know, right out the gate or, you know, kind of degrading you or making you feel less than or like you need them. That, that's a huge red flag, you know, because someone who cares about you loves you. They want to bring you up. You yeah, know, they, you don't, yeah, you don't let them talk down to you. I mean, that that's the main thing is the control issue and how you dress and your appearance and, and isolation. Big red flag. I would definitely have to agree with them being the top three. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to throw something in there, how to also prepare. And this is what I've done with most of my um relationships when I first I go open and communicate this is the type of person I am this is what I will allow this is what I would not allow and those are conversations that need to happen early on once you're even getting to know someone if they are not down with that then they're probably gonna you know let you know that they're not down with that and Mm -hmm. that's okay that's just a pure confirmation that you know that's not the person for you. Um, But sometimes you go in a little deeper. And then once you see those signs, again, you have to just reinforce what your beliefs are, and what you're willing to accept and not accept. So definitely have a voice. And if you don't have a voice, definitely connect with people immediately do your research, do your, you know, your dual diligence for yourself, because your life matters. You are worthy of a great relationship with a great partner that is going to lift you up and that, you know, that you're, you're worth it. And, you know, life is worth living and you never want to give yourself to someone else um, and have them dominate your life because that's the worst way to live. Right. So um, I've been married for 20 years and we are total opposites. Great. (laughs) you know, she's a beautiful, great person, huge heart, but I'm like more spontaneous. I'm a go-getter, but you know, out there and getting Mm -hmm. what I, you know, want to get, she's more reserved, stay at home, kind of just a family uh, person, which I love. And we compliment each other, but we had to have that conversation early on. Like, Hey, you know, I have my friends, I have my life. It's not Mm -hmm. that I love you any less. Um, nothing's going to, you know, deteriorate from our relationship. If I travel, you know, you know, I travel all this time, Daniela, right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously you're in a partnership, you know, no one wants, you know, your partner to be taken away on things that they're saying they're doing. right? Right. So I had to just continue to reassure. Um, but you know, she doesn't call me. I'm the one calling. Are you okay? Did you eat? Is everyone, you know what I'm saying? But because yeah. we had open communication from the very beginning um, where I set my standards, you know, she, you know, sent me back off to school. She was like, Hey, 
you know, you're just working, um, go back to school, get a degree, just do all the things that you want to do. And she supports me. So mm. that's what people should do when they're getting into these relationships. And if you're starting early, the relationship shouldn't even be like your priority. Your priority should right. always be you. And if they're going to follow suit and lift you up, like you say, then yeah. that's the person that you want. Um, in your corner. You don't want anyone that's going to try to drag you down, try to steal your dreams or anything like that. Thank you so much, Daniela, for sharing on that note. But I want to go to the gang. I don't want to discard this. (laughs) Absolutely beautiful. You're doing amazing things. I can't wait um, to continue to read uh, yours and your co-authors that are in your book's journey. I know I've actually heard some of them out loud, just being in the community Mm -hmm. and um, they're all survivors. And that that's really what I want to point out is that you can be that survivor. You can be uh, triumphant in this, in this journey that you're going through. Um, it's never too late. Yeah, um, so exactly. thank you for that. But you have some amazing things going on with your cooking, your relaunching, yeah. um, everything that you're doing. Tell us about that. Yeah, so thank you. Um, I've been, like I said earlier, cooking since I'm like seven or eight years old. But it's never been like a chore for me, even as a kid. I, you know, it was because my dad wanted me to, you know, stay with your mom and your grandmom and learn. And to me, I always enjoyed it, even at a young age. So growing up, I was always that one they go to, like for, you know, if they're having a birthday party or having this or that, oh, Danielle, make this, make that. So I started really enjoying that. Then I had a restaurant uh, co-owned with my ex uh, for 20 years at the University of Penn. Totally love that because, you know, that that's, what I you know love to do so that's something that that's kind of where I'm going with this catering right now I'm just doing a couple of days a week the Daniela's delicious dishes and um it's what I have on the menu but also you know I put it out there if you have a special request that you want you know I can order um holiday specials are going to be coming up so for your holiday meals and, and like I said down the road soon I'd like to say like within the year 2020 uh what are we going to 2023, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I can't remember what year we're in. I know. Um, it's right. so fast. I was trying to say, oh, we're going in 2024. I'm like jumping ahead. So fast. So, it's too much. I know. But I want to open my own spot again. So, but smaller, like on a smaller scale. Yeah. And where I can have, you know, just select dishes of mine and kind of like it's in honor of uh, me and Amelia were kind of talking stuff around the other day, like in honor of my grandmother and who I believe is my guardian angel and, you know, just, she meant a lot to me. So uh, going like along those lines, but also having it as a spot where you can have book readings and signings and so kind of combining, right? Like my passion and what, you know, Amelia and I do, but I'm going to move a little bit more away from the book thing and do, you know, my passion and he can still bring in, you know, what he does. So yeah, that's where I'm going with it. That's awesome. And I am going to definitely help you. You know, I'm going to definitely be a part of that with you, you know, getting you up and running. I'm super excited uh, for you on that. You're going to have some Black Friday specials coming up. So definitely Mm -hmm. uh, connect with Daniela uh, Roman on Facebook because you definitely Mm want to get your meals, get your orders in. Um, That's just amazing. And you, we, we spoke before and cooking is also your therapy, right? Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it is. And I and you know, again, something I didn't really realize. And I tell you the truth, I didn't even realize that cooking like was a gift, you know, for me until Amelia. Amelia's like, 
not everybody can do what you do. And like, we take things for granted, right? Like I just do it so naturally because it's what I've been doing my whole life. I'm like, well, who can't follow a recipe? He's like, oh, a lot of people. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know? that would be I. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I figure I'm like, that's basically how I learned new. Like I can cook, not just Italian. Here's the thing. Like I can cook Spanish. I learned how to make uh, Algerian food you know because my ex was out from algeria and that's north africa and when they have like the fasting month of ramadan there's all kinds of special food you have to eat and so i learned that whole culture making i make all that stuff you know so i'm like to me it's just like well i just learned it why can't somebody else and it's just it is you know he made me realize it is a gift you know because he's like you can go in the kitchen and you're in the zone and like within like a half hour you have like the table full and you know what i mean it looks like it took you a minute yeah but that's just, okay. So then I had to accept, I'm like, okay, well, because again, like we don't like, a lot of us don't like to, you know, brag or, you know, I just like, I'm very humble about it. I'm just like, it's what I do, you know, and I love <laughs> eating people, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I guess, you know, I guess it is a gift. Uh, not everybody can do that. Just like I can't do what you do as well as you do or somebody else, you know? So yeah. So I'm really, I'm proud of that now because I, I never really looked at it like that. Yeah. So it is my gift and I love, you know, I just love sharing it with, with the world, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. And again, my gift is just talking and speaking life into people and just listening mm -hmm. definitely um, to see where, you know, where people are at and stuff like that. So it, it's definitely, we're all put here to live in our purpose. Sometimes we fail to find it because we're so conditioned with what the normalcy is for society. You know, mm -hmm. they tell us to go right. to school, get a job and work for someone else. And, you know, and that's all good because you need those experience. You need those skills. You need all that stuff to build your own experience and your own expertise and really find yourself in self-development and all that good stuff, which plays a role in how you actually remove yourself. And that's another exit plan. Mm -hmm from your nine to five and actually making it your purpose, your calling so that you can help others, because that's really what we're here. We're disciples to, um, share our gifts with the world and, you know, help them find their voice and, you know, in any way, and you're doing it with the books, you're doing it with, you know, your, your, um, champion of women, you're doing it with just everything that you do every time that you speak to someone, Daniela. And, and even with me, like when we had our conversation, when we first spoke, mm -hmm. you know, I was just so inspired and said, okay, well, I need to live in my gift too. Like, and I love the fact that you survived what you survived and whether you dug it down deep for a long time, you were able to bring that out, forgive the situation and you healed yourself and you did not make that your excuse to not move forward to doing what you're doing today. And that's really what is important. Like we all go through some drama or some trauma that may be less or more but the fact is, is that we cannot stay in that bubble of guilt, shame, regret, mm -hmm. or anything like that, because sometimes we have to go through those struggles in order to find our own voice. And sometimes mm -hmm. we have to be grateful that we were able to get out of there and, you know, use it for our message uh, moving forward. So I am in awe of you always. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for being on our show. I love everything that you're doing. So how can they order today? How can they get connected with you? 
Um, now, are we talking about food or are we talking about the book? <laughs> you can give me both. Give us both. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you, Nikki. Um, well, for Behind Closed Doors, in fact, I still have like two chapters available for the second edition. Okay. So if anyone, you know, uh, feels that they are a fit for this book and are ready to share their story, they can reach out to me personally. Um, you can find me, Daniela Romano, on Facebook or championofwomen at gmail.com. They can email me. And as far as, you know, and obviously it's local, right, for my food. So in the New Jersey area that I'm in, Cherry Hill area, or Philadelphia, like Nikki, um, you can reach out uh, to myself, private message me on Facebook or Daniela's Delicious Dishes at gmail.com. Awesome. So I'll definitely put those handles in the description and on all my platforms. And I'm definitely going to be ordering some cheesesteaks really soon because I am in envy of everyone posting their pictures. <laughs> like cheesesteak. And you're in Philly. Yes. If you need a cheesesteak. Yes. So we'll definitely yeah. meet up so I can get my cheesesteaks. I'll definitely have to put an order in very soon. Um, mm -hmm. But thank you so much for everything that you're doing. We're going to be connected. We're attached at the hip. You know, yeah. I'm not going anywhere and I know you're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, I just love what you and Emilio um, are doing in the community and, you know, how you guys just uh, give just your heart and soul to everything it is that you're doing. So I really appreciate you guys uh, beyond words. Um, I know I said a lot of words there, but it's definitely beyond no, words. No, that's beautiful. Thank and you. um, you're so welcome. And just keep being awesome. Keep sharing your story. And um, I believe there's also another book that I'm going to be part of next year too. Have you announced that yeah, yet? Yeah, I think we did. We put that out there yesterday. <laughs> Chapter eight, I believe, in the fourth edition. Yes, Spiritual Fitness Survivor. I'm, oh my God, we're so excited to have you a part of this, Nikki. So we just revived this because we did three editions. I mm -hmm. believe the last one like was around 2019 or so. Okay. So now, you know, this will be sometime summer 2023. This will be released. So it's going to be awesome. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, I'm super excited because I will finally be able to share mine and my brother's story. And oh, um, people yeah. that know me uh, know um, of him and his story. I'm not going to get too much into detail right now, mm -hmm. but. I'm so honored that I can um, be a part of that co-authorship as well. But thank you so mm -hmm. much. Um, champion of women's at gmail.com. Daniela yeah. Roman on Facebook and Daniela's delicious dishes. Yes. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. I'm surprised I remember that because that was so much. Yeah. Perfect. Good job. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank yes. you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset. Have a great day. And as always, make it count. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome.